Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Long Ball Premier League Preview Show. I'm John Townsend. And I'm Declan Barp. Break out the Withers Originals because today we're talking about the Toffees, Everton FC. First up, we're going to be discussing the fan base mindset, and to help us, we're joined by a member of the Blue Boys Network YouTube channel and Everton superfan, Mike. Nice to meet you all, guys. Thank you ever so much for having me on, John. I really, really appreciate it. And yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no problem. Love having you here. So first question, what's the overall feeling amongst Everton supporters coming into the season? I think it's a difficult one because a lot changed at the end of last season. We had Carlo Ancelotti as our manager who obviously departed and went to Real Madrid. There's been a bit of a transition over the last 18 months to two years under Carlo and that's completely changed this summer. I think fans are a little bit reluctant to get too excited. Everton can't spend lots of money this summer because of financial fair play. So there's a little bit of apprehension around that. But you know, Everton are Everton and the fans will get behind them no matter what. And the passion will be there. We'll be back in the stadium, which is exciting. Well, as you mentioned, last season you came in, brought in you know, Hamas Rodriguez, Allen, uh, brought in Ancelotti, started the season tremendously well, but then kind of mm. fell off towards the end of the year. Then Ancelotti leaves as soon as the Madrid job opens up. How would you sum up the fans' opinion on Carlo? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's not good. I mean, it, it's it's it's... <laughs> It's not. It's not good at all. Um, I, I mean, to put it lightly, is a disgrace. And and I understand people from the outside will go, "It's Real Madrid, Mike." You know, it, when you've got someone like Real Madrid knocking on the door of your manager, he, he's he's not going to go. But the the facts are, he's gone to Spain. He's already been done for tax fraud. He has burnt so many bridges with some of his comments. He completely lied about his life here in Liverpool and how he was so excited and loved the place and loved where he lived and loved the beaches and the people. It was all a complete lie because literally the guy took a £10 million pay cut to go to Real Madrid from Everton. He didn't love the place. His own son and I think his son's wife or girlfriend weren't even expecting to move. So this come as a complete bolt out the blue. And he's obviously followed his heart, but he's let down a lot of people. So to me, I, I can't, I can't stand him. Mm -hmm. For me, from the outsider perspective, when that mm -hmm. went down, how he was only there for a year, and as he said, he promised the fans that he was going to be there and all, all that. For him to leave at the fastest opportunity to go to Madrid, I felt that was a bit disgraceful for the fans of Everton, to be honest. Yeah, we, it was just a complete stitch-up because mm -hmm. we had worked so hard to be going in the right direction. You know, we backed him financially. We would have backed him probably this year. We had plans for big players like Isco, Koulibaly, players like these big-name players. And we've ended up with an ex-Liverpool manager as our manager mm -hmm. and signings like Asmir Begovic, Damari Gray and Andros Townsend. It's just, it's not what we expected in May a day before he left. Mm. Um, and now going on to Rafa Benitez, is there any animosity towards him because he has a Liverpool history and while he was Liverpool manager, he had that small clubs comment? Even though it was said kind of in gist as a throwaway line, is there any animosity from Everton fans to Rafa? 
I think it, it's very mixed. So there was a lot of animosity at the start. Um, you know, if, if he was on Twitter and things, you would have saw the banners. You would have saw what people were what people were saying about him, which is unfair to a degree because, you know, this is a guy that does a lot of work with charities in Liverpool. He set up home in Liverpool. He genuinely does love the city and cares about the people. Unlike Carla. So I understand why some fans do not like Rafa Benitez and do not want him as ever to manage it. Like, I get it. I understand. But from my perspective, if you're prepared to go through the abuse that he went through just to become the Everton manager, then you deserve a good shot at it. But assuming Rafa sticks with his favoured 4-2-3-1 formation, Everton has four to five very capable uh, very capable midfielders, in my opinion, with Allen, Gomez, Davies, Decoy, and maybe James Rodriguez if he sticks him back in the middle instead of playing him out wide. Out of the four or five of them, which do you think is going to miss out on the first team? Mm, it's a difficult one because although these players have got a good name, you know, Andre Gomez is a prime example, although he's got a good name and he's well known, he's played for Barcelona, He's not actually a good footballer, so he wouldn't start for me. However, it's very difficult to say who or where or what I want because I actually think out of all of those players there, a lot of people miss the fact that Everton don't have a ball-carrying central midfielder, a player who can go from our penalty box to their penalty box. And when you look at it, Gomez can pass. Decore can't really do it. He's more defensive. Allen can't do it. He's defensive. We don't have one. James Rodriguez is phenomenal in the final third, but defensively, he's not great. So out of the names you mentioned, I actually suspect that quite a few of them will not be in the team. And I think if we play with a 4-2-3-1, I think the two midfielders at the base of it will be Allen and Decore. And I suspect James Rodriguez will play as a 10. And you'll see probably Andros Townsend or Damari Gray play on the right-hand side and Richarlison might play on the left-hand side with Calvert-Lewin up front. What are Everton going to do with Moise Keane? Is there any way he gets back into the squad? To be honest, so as you may know, Everton are currently in Florida playing a few pre-season games. He started in the last two pre-season games. Um, there's rumours this morning that he might issue a transfer request to leave. But to be honest, it doesn't look like he's dropped his tools. It looks like he's, he's still committed in playing. He wants to play games. Yes, he probably does want to move to PSG, but PSG have got to pay 40, 45, 50 million for, for Moise Keane. And, and if they don't, there's no point in going out on loan because Everton can only spend what they generate this summer because of financial fair play. So if he goes, that does mean Everton can go and sign a Denzel Dumfries as a right back, which we need. But equally, I have no problem with Moise Keane staying. We can play a 4 3 3 and have Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin and Moise Keane up front. And that is a very strong front three with Alan Decore behind and Hamas Rodriguez playing as like a, a 10. So your formation then is 4-2-1-3 or you play Moise Keane wide on the right and Richarlison wide on the left. So there's lots of options with Moise Keane staying. For me personally, I would prefer him to stay, but a lot of Everton fans want him gone because of his attitude. As well, if you guys have issues with financial fair play, that would be a lot of money to bring in to fund those Dunphy's <laughs> transfers as well. Um, yep. However, you've already brought in a few pieces, in my opinion, mostly depth pieces, Demai Gray, <laughs> Andros Townsend, fellow Canadian, Asmir Begovic, um, yep. but no nailed on starters. So are Toffee supporters happy with the summer spending? I think at the minute, I think it's very much, we understand where we are. Geraton has spent £530 million in five years. We've outspent most top teams in the league. 
it was always going to come back to bite Everton if Everton didn't get in the Champions League in that four or five-year investment. And we're nowhere near it. We've gone backwards. So for me, it's really, really important. If this is a season where we don't spend a lot of money, it allows us to be able to go and invest next season. It's a tough one. So this season, where do you think that Everton's going to finish? I've predicted eighth. And the reason for that is... I think the teams above us and around us don't have the same issues we have. You've got football teams like Aston Villa who are, who are doing well, who finished below us and they could challenge. But I think Rafa Benitez will be very clever with the way he plays, will be very solid, will be difficult to break down, will concede less goals. And I think Richarlison will be more potent. He's already scored a hat-trick in the Olympics. I think Calvert-Lewin will get more goals. Although we've brought in depth, as you say, with Andros Townsend and Zamari Gray, there's no doubt that they are good wingers who can deliver a cross. And that is something that Everton at times have really lacked, simply the delivery and the service to Calvert-Lewin. So if one of those starts and we start whipping the ball into Calvert-Lewin, he's going to score goals because he's, he's the best header out of a football in the Premier League, in my opinion, in terms of striking mm. ability. So I think eight, but it genuinely wouldn't surprise me if we finished 10th again. Yeah, Calvert-Lewin's like one of the best old-school strikers in the Premier League still. With Calvert-Lewin, he's got this ability to just, he can head a ball. I worry about him in one-on-one situations because he doesn't score very many. But when the ball goes in the box and he is in the middle of that box, I bank on him scoring. Mm-hmm. And that that's a real confidence ace. Yeah. A great thing with Everton too is for those one-on-one situations, even though Calvert-Lewin can't really do it, you still have a Charleston who relishes those opportunities to run it at a defender. But what is one of the more underrated Everton players that you think fans should be on the lookout for this season? I think from a general footballing perspective, the most underrated player at Everton is Ben Godfrey. He is, in my opinion, probably the best young centre-back, English centre-back around and I would definitely put him in the top five in the world. I'd rate him that highly. He has got everything, pace, power, grit. Just watch the highlights on YouTube, for example, and you will see what he delivers. And I know it's a bold statement, I really do, but this is a kid who, in my opinion, will be as good as Rio Ferdinand at his peak. Speaking of my heart as a Manchester United fan, I love Rio. So There you go. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on today, Mike. Would you like to let the audience know where to find you and if you have anything to plug? Blue Boys Network on YouTube. If you like to come over and subscribe, really appreciate it. It's, it's really good for me to work with you guys, John. Really appreciate it. Obviously, it helps my reach, you know, in Canada and America and over the pond, as we say in England. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. But yeah, you know, you can follow me on all the socials, Blue Boys Network with a Z. And yeah, really appreciate the time. Hey, John. If you're an Everton fan, make sure you check out the page. Even if you're not an Everton fan, they make really great content over there. So make sure to check them out. Thanks so much to Mike for coming on. Now let's look at what Everton did last summer and their summer started off with a bit of a bit of a catastrophe. Carlo Ancelotti left Everton after only one season in charge, bolting right out the door straight for Real Madrid. And then Everton kind of doubled down on the chaos and hired ex-Liverpool manager Rafa Benitez. Declan, do you think it was a good hire? I think he's arguably the best manager they've had since David Moyes. And I say that with a lot of praise to Carlo Ancelotti in my voice. I think that Carlo did the team a world of good. He picked up a lot of great players as as he would. But um, I think that Benitez and Ancelotti are two very different managers, much more likely to get his hands dirty right away. A lot more specific instructions, a lot more dedicated work than Ancelotti. I remember when he was Bayern manager 
And, you know, the players were leading their own training sessions because they didn't feel like they were getting enough work in through the club. So a very different looking Rafa Benitez. But I think that they both have an eye for very similar players. And I think that this uh, Everton team is only going to improve under him. We saw what he was able to do with Newcastle in his previous job in England. And he worked some miracles upon their return to the Premier League. And I think that Carlo Ancelotti will be missed by Everton, but he left the team in a in a better place than he found it. And Rafa Benitez is ready to pick that torch up. Definitely. I adore this Rafa appointment. Um, it was funny because in the interview with, with Mike, I seemed a lot more loving Everton going into the season than he was. He seems a lot more pessimistic than I do. But this Everton team, if you look at what Carlo did last season, came into the season, started off very strong, and then just fell out of sorts and you you spoke about the managerial styles the differences Carl's almost standoffish while Rafa gets his hands dirty Rafa loves the Liverpool area so he will he's gonna love managing Everton he's he as soon as he comes in his players you typically adore him people forget when Rafa came in to Liverpool Steven Jard had just asked out he decided to stay to give Rafa a chance say you know what I'm gonna stay here for a season give him a chance and he convinced Gerard to stay. That what a what a turning point that could have been if Gerard had said instead went to Chelsea. But Rafa convinced him to stay. He's a great man manager. I'm looking at this appointment thinking, Rafa took a Newcastle side where the captain was John Joe Shelby, took them to mid table. The second he leaves, the all of a sudden everybody's favorite relegation pick. They managed to avoid relegation last season, but lightning doesn't strike twice. But if you look at what Rafa did with that Newcastle team, their best player now is James Rodriguez. I, I am relishing the opportunity to watch what Rafa Benitez can do with this team because it has so much talent. Going into this offseason, they've had to comply with financial fair play quite a bit, and it shows in the signings. Only signing to, at this point, three players. Demai Gray for $1.5 million. Uh, Asmir Begovic, fellow Canadian, on a free, and Andros Townsend, also on a free. Demai Gray is the weirdest signing to me out of out of the three because he just went to Dubai and Leverkusen, and only get him for one point five million. I don't care if he like, he's one of those quote unquote wonder kids who never lived up to the potential at all. He was kind of like, oh, he's gonna be the next guy to break through at Leicester City, and just never did. But for that fee, I don't care. That is a good depth signing. Declan, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, in today's market, a $1.5 million transfer is nothing. And good guy to take a punt on if he works out for you. It's great. But, you know, I think that in reality, this is a depth signing. DeMar Gray is a guy who is quite versatile. He can play anywhere across the front three, including that striker. If you play him in a second striker role, and this might be getting on to the 11 section, but you know, Rafa has shown a tendency to like to play someone off of a, the, the top striker, whether that be James Rodriguez or Damari Gray, like he's shown in preseason. I only see this being a success for this Everton squad. Damari Gray, a great pickup, still a young guy, didn't have a great season last campaign at Bayer Leverkusen, but a lot of room to improve. And if he can show some of his earlier sparkle, I think that that $1.5 million transfer fee will look like pennies. Mm-hmm. And for 1.5 mil, you could you could play two games and nobody really cares because in soccer today, that is 
such a minuscule amount of money. And they kind of already balanced the books. They sold Bernard, uh, I believe at China, some Chinese team? I can't quite recall, but they sold him for about a million. So it's like 500k in the in the hole. That's nothing for a professional soccer team. Other guys they've lost, Joshua King, Theo Walcott, and Yannick Bolassi, all leaving for fees. Theo Walcott actually went to Southampton, reunited there. So I kind of like that pickup for Southampton, but they, they didn't lose anybody major. They brought in Joshua King last season thinking he could be a good backup striker. Never worked out at all. He's now gone to Watford. And they didn't lose much, and they only gained depth. But they did try to sign Dental Dumfries, and they still may at this point. But when they had the opportunity to sign him, I believe $18 million was the fee that they were looking at. But they just took too long. All of a sudden, Inter Milan came in, and now Inter Milan's kind of boxing Everton out, which Mike does not like at all. In our interview, Mike was talking about how Inter Milan have been struggling for financial fair play, and they should not be able to outspend Everton. Toffee supporters definitely think Denzel Dumfries should be in a Everton kit this season. And if he does sign for Everton, I absolutely adore the starting lineup, which takes us to the 11. And Declan, would you like to tell us about the potential in a starting 11 for this Everton squad? I think at the end of the day, this Rafa Benitez side will be based on two things. With an offense and compactness in defense. Going forward, Benitez... And he showed this at, at Newcastle. He likes to hit on the counterattack with fast, creative play, voiding the space out wide and, and creating opportunities to whip the ball. And I don't think he's ever had a player who can get his head on balls uh, better in recent history than, than he has in Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who, whose head just seems to have a magnetic pulse on the end of it. And when you have the quality of Hamas Rodriguez, who isn't afraid to drift wide, even though Benitez has shown he wants to play him centrally. And I don't think I need to speak to the quality of Richarlison. I think we all know the kind of player that this man is. He's incredible. There's a lot of promise here offensively for this Everton squad. Don't forget Luca Dean, who loves to pop up from deep and whip, whip crosses. And I think that going forward, this team is quite scary. And in defense, it's about creating a low block that's nice and compact that teams can't get through. And when you have a midfield of Allen and Dukure and a solid defensive line of Michael Keane and uh, Yerry Mina with Jordan Pickford and his little arms and net, I think that I think that this Everton squad is in good stead and Benitez has a team that he can mold in his own image. How dare you insult Air Jordan after the Euros he just had. <laughs> but Pickford is shown to be a good keeper at international level club side is where he has a couple of bloopers he's kind of the david louise of keepers but him his ability to make the big saves to be that sweeper keeper if rafa could take him inside and settle him, him down a little bit to decrease the chances of the pickford errors coming to light pickford could without a doubt be the starting goalkeeper on a title contender in my opinion this back line has so much depth, particularly at centre-back. To have guys like Yeri Mina, Michael Key, Ben Godfried, and Mason Holgate, that is such great depth to have in at centre-back. And they need a tiny bit of help on the wings, but Luka Digne proved a lot of people wrong the past couple seasons. He's definitely a starting calibre left-back. I've always liked Seamus Coleman, but Seamus Coleman's also getting up there in age. I would look to replace that again with Denzel Dumfries if they do end up signing him. But if you look at the squad, they have such depth at 
almost every single position. Barring right back, and I'd say on the wings, there's very little I would do to tweak the squad. I think it's a quality squad, and Rafa comes in to a position he hasn't had in some time, and that is a squad that's ready to push on. My favorite part of this Everton squad is the midfield. I think it's perfectly balanced. You have James Rodriguez, who is just a lightning bolt and is really a player that you build your squad around at this level. Allen, who I don't think I need to sing his praises. He was incredible for Napoli. He comes in. He's the perfect player for Carlo Ancelotti, a great presser of the ball, not afraid to get up and down the pitch, has energy to burn for days. And Ducouré, I know that we disagree on how to use Ducouré a little bit, but I think he's much better used in that ball-winning role. I think that that suits him, and it's perfect for Everton. He has a nose for the ball. He knows when to throw a tackle in. And I think that while he does have some benefit going forward, it's much better used in a defensive role looking to advance the ball to teammates after he wins it. The reason I'd say Decoy can be that box-to-box midfielder is I don't know in a squad if you need two ball-winning midfielders. I'm fine just having one and one guy doing about 70% of the work defensively, still doing the defensive work, but also having the freedom to take the ball up. Because what I really want from that box-to-box midfielder, and so, so does Mike as well, he, we both want someone to be able to take that ball from the defense to the offense. Someone to, someone to take the ball to go, okay, th- thank you, Yermina. Thank you, Michael Keane. I'm going to now give the ball to James Rodriguez and watch him do amazing things. That's what I think Dor- Decoy can do and what he did show he's capable of at Watford, just when Carlo got him, turned him into that ball-winning midfielder so they had a very defensive-minded midfield. I think Rafa is going to turn the switch a little bit, go from 80% defense, 20% offense, just take take it down like 60-40, maybe even 50-50 if we're lucky, because this this team has so much talent. And another guy we haven't even mentioned is Tom Davies. I want to see Tom Davies get a ton more minutes than he has in the past few seasons. I think he has a ton of potential being not so much a number 10. I think they may have to play in the, in the number 10 role to get him in the squad, but more as an attack-minded central midfielder he some uh, way I, the way they could get him into the squad is if they shift Hamas Rodriguez out wide instead of doing a front three of Richarlison, Calvin Lewin and Demai Gray or Andros Townsend instead doing Richarlison, Calvin Lewin, Hamas Rodriguez and then sticking Tom Davies in a number 10. The question then is are you okay accepting that Tom Davies isn't a number 10? He can do some number 10 things but not He's not a full-blown number 10, but that would get the most amount of good players on the pitch at the same time. Or are you just throwing your heads up in the air saying, well, Demai Gray is fast, but I'm on the wing. I think it's a question of where you get the best out of Hamas Rodriguez, and I think that's in the middle. I think he is the, he's the, is the ability to facilitate from everywhere on the pitch, but he's best used when given the ability to drift around and find his own space, and that's best delivered in the middle. And just to go back to the Decoré point a little bit, I don't disagree that Everton need a player who can shift offense to defense, but I see that being on the other side in Allen. I think he's a player who wins the ball up high and then can distribute the ball to Hamas Rodriguez. I, I just think that we have that disagreement there, and Allen played that role for Napoli, where he was that box-to-box midfielder alongside alongside. Zelensky, who was that more attacking midfielder that also 
could mix things up. And then you had Dries Mertens dropping in a little bit deeper. So I think that the question is who you put more of that offensive mindset on. And I think you give that to Allen because I think he has a better offensive toolkit than Ducore does. Allen was one of those guys last season I looked at and I thought, how the hell did Everton sign him? This is a guy who was supposed to have like, man, the man cities of the world after him. And even more than James Rodriguez, to be honest, because James Rodriguez was was like on the same level as Gareth Bale at Madrid or Philip Coutinho at Barcelona. They were begging for people to take him. They they got James Rodriguez for free. He's a quality player and I think probably a better player than Allen. But even to me, that's debatable. I really rate Allen heavily. Whether whether it's him in the in the box to box role or Decoy, I think I would prefer Decoy's offense more than Allen's. But either either or either of them, I'm fine giving that role to. But this team, I think, is ready made to make a push this season. But let's see if they're going to be getting any help from any Wonder Kids as we move on to our next segment, Wonder Kid Watch. And first up, we have Ben Godfrey. Now, I'm not going to lie, this pick is mainly because of Mike's praise in the in the interview as he shouted Ben Godfrey out as a top five young center back in the world, which I was floored by when he said. That seems, uh, that's, that seems a little partisan, not not to disparage our guest. <laughs> not, not to disparage him, I was just floored, especially when he compared him to Rio Ferdinand as well. But I do think he's a great center back and could is definitely going to be getting some minutes, especially if when Rafa comes in, if he doesn't rate Keane or if he doesn't rate Yei Mina, I think he's the first guy off the bench to fill in that role. He can play, he's fast too, he can potentially play left wing as well. And I, I think he's a great center back, but Everton also have another half British, half Jamaican center back named Mason Holgate, who is another talented young center back that Everton has. So even if they wanted to shift to a back three, maybe, I don't know if they'd have the personnel to put at right wing to in order to compensate for that, but they definitely have the personnel at center back to do so because Keane's okay with the ball at his feet. Mina's okay with the ball at his feet. Uh, Godfrey's okay with the ball. They're all okay with the ball at their feet. This team is so versatile in the way they can be used. I'm, I adore it. I think that it's always great to have options at center back. I think at the end of the day, you need four good players. And if you're going forward into the future, I know that uh, Mina and Michael Keane are not old players, but if you go forward into the future with the plan that Godfrey and Holgate are going to be my starting 11, then you take that and run. I think that they're two very, very good players. They're both very young. Godfrey, especially the Norwich City, the ex-Norwich City player, he uh, he burst onto the scene for Norwich, got, got some good game time before uh, Everton ended up signing him. He played a few times last season, and I was really impressed with him. I think that he's a great defender on that right-hand side really solidifies it, but he can also play on the left-hand side of defense. I think that he provides that versatility that Rafa really likes, and I I see him having a fantastic season. And lastly, another guy to keep your eye out for is Anthony Gordon. This one's primarily because they have really poor depth at wing. Going through their roster, it's pretty barren. Unless you want to play Alex Awobi, want to give him another shot in the wing spot, which, to be honest, I could see happening over my gray at times. But unless that happens, Anthony Gordon could definitely fill into that spot because also he's competing against 30-year-old Andros Townsend. Not much competition in front of him, so he could be seeing quite a lot of game time this season. 
And there's also right back Joe Kenny. Declan, would you like to uh, tell the audience about Joe? Yeah, I think that he's another player that we might see a bit of. Seamus Coleman, as you mentioned, is getting up there in age. He suffered a horrific injury a couple of years ago where he missed a good amount of time. And I think that he's a player we'll see come into the squad. He really impressed in the SPL for Celtic. He's back with the team this year. There are questions of if he'll get loaned out again, but I don't imagine he will, given that Everton don't really have any other cover at right back. So if Seamus Coleman were to go down or just for some rotation, Kenny would be the one to step up. He's got an excellent right foot. He's not afraid to get forward. And I think that he provides a good attacking option in with going forward, something that Everton will need. Especially if Everton are moving to that three at the back formation I came up with off the top of my head a few minutes ago, he could really see a lot of game time. But now we move on to stoppage time. The rapid fire prediction round where each of us gets 60 seconds to answer as many prompts as possible. Declan, you're up first. Declan, are you ready? Yep. Three, two, one. Finishing position. Mid-table. Top scorer. Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Top assister. Lucas Denier. Standout performer. Richarlison. Breakthrough prospect. John Joe Kenny. Call your shot. Rafa Benitez wins at Anfield and then instead of celebrating goes over and claps the clop. Another wholesome one. <laughs> and the Contina. Um Ducore. You know, I I could see it. I could see it. I, I was originally against it, but I could see it. And John, are you ready, my friend? As ready as I'll ever be. Okay, well let's go. Finishing position. European. Top scorer. Dominic Avalon. Top assister. James Rodriguez. Standout performer. Richarlison. Breakthrough prospect. John Joe Kenny. Call your shot. Pickford is going to get beat from, from his halfway line. I'm going to do that one again. Pickford is going to get beat from the halfway line. And the Cantona. Allen. And that's going to do it for this show. Make sure you fly like an eagle over to check out our other show we posted today, all about Crystal Palace. And stay tuned as tomorrow we're going to be talking about Leeds United and Leicester City. So you won't want to miss that. Make sure you keep an eye on the Mastermind Sites website for all your tactical breakdowns and great articles ahead of the season. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you give us a five-star rating as it really helps grow the podcast. And thank you for listening.